We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire and WinBet. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And I'm joined, as always, by Sean Siegel. Sean, I want to start off today's show by letting the listeners know. Hopefully, they all listened to the recap earlier this week. Maybe some of them turned off that last couple of minutes and didn't listen all the way through. Shout out to all the people who listened all the way to the end. They got the the best stuff at the end because you announced that we do have a special 25% off a one-month subscription over at rotoviz.com. We normally have 10% off a one-year pass, but we're towards the end of the season. I know some people will be still very intrigued or some people might not have tried out the tools on the website yet this is a perfect opportunity to sign up save yourself 25 percent off that one month pass using the code it's the regular code it's rv radio 2022 at checkout but i would highly recommend if you're interested sean also did the pitch it's going to be the holiday season what a perfect gift i know some people in our reviews of the podcast when people leave those they mention that they they don't want to tell their league mates so they probably don't want to buy their league mates uh, a, a, a subscription either but the people, uh, your family or friends that you're not in leagues with, make sure you, you dip in and, and buy them a perfect gift this holiday season. But Sean, 25% off, I think that's uh, an absolute bargain. That's league winning material right there. Oh, league winning material. I like it. I like it. Uh, column, week 13, speaking of league winning, one of the most fun. I really enjoyed being able to write that up. Yesterday, I really enjoyed being able to do the show with you Sunday night. And it was also a good week in a lot of ways for your Green Bay Packers. Unfortunately, Aaron Jones develops a little bit of a shin injury, misses a lot of the game. This is a chance for A.J. Dillon to shine and to pull back a little bit of the workload, perhaps even generate some buzz. I mean, the fantasy playoffs still stand between him and the offseason, but he was a trendy player. I would argue, even though he's one of my favorite guys in the league, that overdrafted by maybe three rounds which is quite a bit in fantasy but he then did come out and very balanced with Aaron Jones over the first month and unfortunately this season has not gone well for the Packers he was one of the guys who was scapegoated a little bit and not exactly scapegoated but they more or less came out and said Aaron Jones is a star 
and we're having enough trouble that we have to go to our big time, big time playmakers. So then Jones dominates this middle stretch of the season. This game against the Bears, they get more what they're looking for from AJ Dillon. You've got this sort of Derrick Henry light type of player, big but agile and with some of that long speed. He does have the long touchdown run in this one. But again, the real breakout star and the reason I think Green Bay Packers fans they have to be really kind of breathing a sigh of relief and in a down season, I mean, there's a lot more for Packers fans to be excited about than say Rams fans, for example, or even Bucks fans who do get the big win last night. Romeo Dobbs looked pretty good. Looks like he can be a playmaker, possibly a star, but over the last month, Christian Watson, I, you can't say he's been the best player in the NFL or the best receiver in the NFL because the absolute superstars are continuing to go crazy. But Colin, what he's done in the last month, pretty spectacular. It is spectacular. And it, this is how quick the narrative changes. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Devontae Adams' career started. And this wasn't in relation to Watson. It was in relation to other rookies or second-year players who are struggling. And then they come on and improve as their their career moves on but the start of the season obviously i think was the very first play of the season against the vikings he has that drop which should have been a 75 yard touchdown but over the last four games sean he has 15 receptions 313 receiving yards 49 rushing yards eight total touchdowns in the first six games of the season he had 10 receptions for 88 yards and 19 rushing yards for the the one touchdown so this really turned around and i know we joke at times that sean you know isn't the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan but Rodgers has talked multiple times that I've listened to him recently saying about the one play where he catches his, his first touchdown against the Cowboys and, and that really was you know taking the the pressure off Watson that maybe had been built up in the the preseason with how you know he was meant to come in to replace Devontae Adams and it has just been spectacular since that point everything seems to be clicking and I, I don't think we can expect this to go on forever but I've seen some of the you know stats that he's put up you know tying people like randy moss for example which when you're getting into those categories as a rookie you have to start to get excited and what i also think is is quite exciting it's a season where the packers are five and eight i don't think they're getting to the playoffs if they get to the playoffs they're not getting very far but what i have to say is seeing the young players has been kind of the thing that we've been able to to hang our hat on as packers fans but this has been astonishing over the, the last month and it really comes off the back of the buffalo bills game where me and you talked about the catch from romeo dobbs for a touchdown which was a spectacular play then he gets injured on the first play of the next game and that's when we've seen watson step in the other part of it is dylan looked really really good in this game and it was unfortunate to see jones kind of hampered with that injury as the game progressed but dylan's touchdown as well is on a play where they basically run a an end around which was very similar going in the opposite direction to the Watson rushing touchdown in this game which was a 46 yard rush but he runs in the opposite direction holds the defense long enough to allow Dylan to go on his 21 yard run to the end zone which another nice play by him you mentioned the the draft capital in terms of fantasy football from this year did feel like he he really should have been in the Singletary Pollard Stevenson part of the draft but he got moved up based on the expectation the Packers were going to pass to the running backs more but yeah n nice to have something to be excited about on a Monday morning and as a Packers fan always nice to, to beat the Bears but this was a game where Bears fans I'm sure are feeling feeling it as the week goes on they they really dominated this game in those early periods and the Packers got 18 unanswered fourth quarter points to win this one 28 to 19 so it was quite late where the Packers did take control 
it had been pretty solid by Justin Fields up to that point. Some bad late interceptions from him. Does have a 55-yard rushing touchdown in this, and it does seem to be that if that first level doesn't get a tackle on Justin Fields when he's rushing, he, he's going he's going all the way to the end zone. So another electric play from him. But overall, Sean, the Packers, I think, got a little bit lucky to get out of here with a win. But yeah, Christian Watson has to be just adding such excitement to to people watching his game and those fantasy rosters will likely miss him as the Packers have their bye this week and hopefully we'll see what the team can do with him and Dobbs potentially in the lineup in week 15. Do you think that what we've seen over the last month leads to Watson now being the, the clear wide receiver for the Packers that you'd want to own in fantasy or do you think that Dobbs can still come in and, and be the, the wide receiver one in the peck and order here? It's interesting you know it's only four weeks but four weeks has changed perception quite dramatically from where we were a month ago. It does. And I mentioned the right before his breakout game that Monty Fon and I had traded for him in dynasty. And I mean, sometimes you more or less just get lucky. And one of the things we're trying to do with a perpetual reloading is to stay young, try and buy low on some of these players who have a very wide range of outcomes. It doesn't mean that you're going to hit every time because you're going to have some players you buy as their value drops and it continues to go down and down and down. You know, looking at the box score here, you have a game where Nikhil Harry gets a target, gets a 49 yard reception. I mean, obviously he's not really involved in this game. The Chicago bears are not a path for him to resurrect his career. And so a little bit the, the flip side of the coin. And yet the more that you buy in these situations, the better your chances to have some of the results like this. And yeah, I mean, I think that Watson is the player to have. And yet I think this can be a 1A, 1B. And what we've witnessed here, I think, underlines so much of what we're talking about big picture for fantasy and how you need to play it and how you need to be ready to take advantage of the chaos and how it's important to understand the prices and not get locked into one particular scenario, right? You mentioned that the running backs were both elevated above what their realistic value was because so much of the fantasy community was buying a single scenario, which is that the Packers are going to have to pass to the running backs. It's possible that, that scenario could have panned out, but if you're tied to one thing having to happen for the play to be a win, then I mean, you're really skewing all of the scenarios against you there. The thing here going forward, I think it's just very, very exciting for the Green Bay Packers. You listen to some of the things coming out this week. It seems like Rodgers is more excited going forward. It seems like he's willing to look at this a little bit more from a team perspective. The team has said that they want him back. He's said that he'll have an open mind about more or less being sat down because of the multiple injuries so that they can let Jordan Love play. And I mean, Perhaps it's like, well, of course he's okay with him playing in this specific instance if the whole goal there is to get him traded <laughs> to somebody else. But one of the reasons why I like both of the receivers going forward is that I don't think that there is as much risk with these guys in the quarterback situation as it may appear. One of the things that you've struggled with this year, if you have these Packers guys on your roster, one of the things that's been kind of weird with having like a Chris Godwin on your roster, for example, is that people will say, well, you know, once Tom Brady is gone, then I mean, what's going to happen to Godwin? It's like if you watch the games this year, you're like, probably he'll be better. <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady has been absolutely awful. 
the thing here and that was important about the preseason and, and wrote this up actually in the bold predictions, even though it's more of a footnote than a bold prediction, which is the Jordan Love still valuable in Superflex, but also that this gives a higher floor for both Dobbs and Watson in 2023. And the fact that Love had such a good rapport with Dobbs, I think is a, a positive for him as well. So we've watched as Dobbs has created big plays with both guys, which I think that that's good for him in terms of floor. It's also good for him in terms of just what it says about him as a receiver, where it's not like just Aaron Rodgers elevating him on a handful of plays and then also Aaron Rodgers being angry with him when he does things wrong. I mean, he's able to get open at will for a quarterback who doesn't have a lot of actual NFL experience. I mean, he's been with the team for a while, but hasn't played a lot of real snaps. Both of those things, I think, are huge positives here. When you're looking at the Packers and you think about how they have been under Lafleur outside of this season, there's going to be a lot of value to the top two guys, especially if at any point they play a little bit faster. But I don't think that this has to be a one or the other situation. I mean, definitely rank Watson a little bit higher at this point, but I mean, if you can go and acquire Dobbs now because he's been hurt and because Watson has looked so good, I mean, definitely do that as well. The future now is really bright in Green Bay. Yeah, and I, I think the goal, obviously, if you look at the thesis of trading away Devontae Adams, who I'm going to touch on now in a moment, was the Packers had one key wide receiver piece that that was where the team went through. And obviously, he is, as we'll talk about in a moment, absolutely amazing still in this point of his career. But the goal was always to have multiple pieces. And it looks like maybe a little bit sooner than they had even hoped for, that they have two wide receivers who could potentially fit those molds. And I guess when you're looking at dream scenarios around the NFL at the moment, you'd be looking at the Eagles and their wide receivers, the Bengals and their wide receivers, you know, something to that effect where you can rely on both of those in different situations. So we'll see what the Packers do moving forward. But Sean, I mentioned it, cut a little bit of, cut a little bit of heat on the, the YouTube comments for uh, this week's uh, show title was these five receivers destroyed or dominated in week 13 but we didn't talk about Devonte adams on the recap show sean so did get a, a comment about that but Devonte adams is still Devonte adams i i don't have a huge amount more words to add if you if you watch the games and you see what Devonte adams does he does Devonte adams things that's kind of what we see but this week he gets 12 targets eight receptions 177 yards and two touchdowns he is on an absolute tear and if if you watch any of the cut-ups any of the clips of what he's doing to some of these defensive backs off the line of scrimmage when basically at this point sean they are just falling over and, and letting him have like you know he's a 45 yard receiving touchdown here he is embarrassing some of these these defensive backs and and not you know second third string guys these are the, the top guys on the team so this game this week kind of went with the fact that Devonte adams dominated only 250 passing yards for Derek carr two touchdowns for him that's you know a huge amount of that going the way off what he was able to do with Devontae Adams so we've kind of seen Devontae Adams now take the role he had in Green Bay move that to Las Vegas and continue to produce the other player that has produced and continues to produce is Josh Jacobs most of the stuff that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks Sean maintains the same 26 carries getting the bulk of the work here 144 yards in the ground at one touchdown for him two receptions on two targets for just the six yards on the other side the positive is Gerald Everett continues to get mixed in here it would be great if we see Mike Williams coming back in the near future but Austin Eckler Everett and Keenan Allen leading the way Keenan Allen's best game since his multitude of injuries he gets 14 targets here six receptions 88 yards and a touchdown but that is the main note Sean it's like this game was 
kind of as much as as you would expect heading into it as it was but Devonte adams continues to dominate it's going to be interesting because neither of these teams are winning the super bowl this year to maybe evaluate this Devonte adams trade in you know two to three seasons i think what people want to do is say if Devonte adams was with the packers now they would have you know maybe 10 wins rather than where they are with the five wins but hypothetically talking long term i think this trade's gonna be interesting to to see how it plays out but adams is still unbelievably good yeah and, and he was one of our focal points on a recent stealing bananas where we talked about that same thing that you just mentioned how his cuts are so severe it's comical to see like how i can only imagine if me or you lined up opposite him just how quickly we would be on the ground when he's doing this to like premier athletes in the nfl maybe the best right runner in nfl history yeah i mean let's just go with that hey to go eight one seventy seven and two here uh, it's just absolutely absurd as you mentioned and he was one of our priority targets at that first second round turn that play has worked out very very nicely and there were several plays here including what we're about to discuss looking at one of the listener league drafts where derrick henry also kind of in that one two range those guys were the clear values according to the range of outcomes tool that dave caven puts together every year it looks at historical matches gives you a feel for how these players have scored coming off of the last year to two years so it's a, a two-year look but the emphasis is weighted to the most recent season obviously that's more predictive and looking at that it's not that there's no risk for older players and in the situation with Devonte adams where he changes teams but one of the kind of underlying elements there was that the difference between how Aaron Rodgers had played with with Adams and how Derek Carr had played without Adams, actually very similar over the last couple of seasons. We've watched recently how teams have acquired Stephon Diggs, have acquired DeAndre Hopkins, and had a lot of success with that. This trade here, similar, I think, to the Vikings trade with Diggs, where then they go and draft Justin Jefferson, and it turns out to be a win-win. The issue that the Packers had is that Devontae Adams didn't want to be there anymore. I mean, that's going to work out that way regardless for it to then turn out as a win-win for the team acquiring him to get such massive production and for the team making the move to be able to replace with young guys. It's fun to see this. We do have these lose-lose trades out there as well, but for both teams to benefit. And one of the things that's great for us as fantasy players is that the win-win trades tend to generate fantasy production as opposed to what's happened with the Denver Broncos being on the kind of win-lose side. They're the losers there. I mean, that's really... There, there is some some small similarity so far in the the win-win part that you're on, but it's like Diggs gets traded to the Bills. Everyone's like, that's the worst move the Vikings could ever make, but that turns into be Justin Jefferson moving forward. You know, these things do work, and it's great when they work out for both teams because you mentioned it's given us those those fantasy superstars as well as NFL superstars. I think when you evaluate these trades, it's important to understand that both sides of it have a chance to benefit. And there's a, a wider range of outcomes probably on both sides than it seems like. I mean, you think about the controversial Christian McCaffrey trade recently where they give up so many picks that if you put those together, you can get a, you know, a mid to early first round value out of it. The one part that you have to look at there is that 
multiple picks simply aren't going to be worth as much because you have the roster element as well. And in the same way that dynasty managers have to manage those types of things, you're wanting to have the wide potential range. You're wanting to benefit from that as opposed to have the safety. Now to have the multiple picks, you got multiple shots at it, but especially for elite teams where you can recruit guys and free agency, where you have the chance to add these undrafted free agents as well. Something that, for example, the 49ers have done a very nice job of. That's going to neutralize some of the disadvantages. And we get back to it and we see misses in the first round at wide receiver. But as these guys become more NFL ready and as they hit the ground running so quickly, this season that has been covered up to an extent by the fact that the Atlanta Falcons are so run heavy by the fact that Zach Wilson played so poorly and neutralized Garrett Wilson and what would have been really a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type of year for him if he gets just normal quarterback play. The fact that you have Jamison Williams hurt and missing the season. The fact that you have Traylon Burks hurt and in this low volume offense for Tennessee. But even having had that occur, and even with the embarrassment of getting humiliated by A.J. Brown in his return game, the Titans are looking at Burks and saying, you know, we've got a young, more cost-controlled type of player who may be even better. Now, the odds that you're actually going to be better than or anywhere in the vicinity of A.J. Brown, especially when you only have a handful, really, of NFL catches, you still have a long way to go. But you're never going to see a better play than the Traylon Burks touchdown this last week. You combine that with his size, athleticism, and what he did in college that people you know, want to kind of throw to the wayside and say, look, Let's wait and see what he does at the NFL level. You put those things together, you look at him. And then the one guy who has even come through bad quarterback play of his own, Chris Olave, game in, game out, open at will, putting up big time numbers there. It's not that every class is going to be like this, but this is not even considered to be that strong of a class. You're going to have some misses, the Eagles themselves. You know, you look at Jalen Rager and, and the frustrations that they had with that, taking him just ahead of Justin Jefferson there. If you make that Diggs trade and end up with Rager instead of Jefferson, then everything about the narrative is different. And especially then the Vikings are going to be terrible because one of the things that we saw again this last week is Kirk Cousins keeping the Jets in the game by consistently missing wide open players. Me and TJ Hawkinson running free behind the defense. <laughs> Doesn't even get the ball close to him on that one. A lot of different ways that this can go, but as you're building a team, and this is true for real GMs across all of sports right now, we have the winter meetings going on with baseball, and they've got to make some difficult decisions. You have, obviously, the reality NFL draft and all the things that go along with that. And then you have your own dynasty teams and the moves that you have to make. If you sit back and say, I don't want to make moves because I can't handle it when I am wrong, then your margins actually get smaller as opposed to bigger. And you have to be right more consistently. And then still you're going to have a thinner team even when you are right. You have to have the guts to say, I'm going to have some misses, but the hits are going to overwhelm them in the medium and the long terms. And I'm confident in my ability to evaluate the players in a way that I'm not going to be right all the time, but I'm going to be directionally correct. And that also my tactics are right and are going to build the depth and the upside that I need embracing uncertainty 
within this environment of picking players who have been generally good and generally productive, which we know is what translates, that's going to be the winning move to be able to build all of these dynasties. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sean, you mentioned the win-win play, and that's going to bring us to our win-bet segment of the day. You can sign up today to receive a special sports offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Winning is the key, Sean, with all of these things. And it wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't a great performance overall. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they they go on some game-winning drives here. And, and Tom Brady, as he has done in the past, gets the team over the line and this one 17 16 to the tampa bay buccaneers versus the new orleans saints in the division they are now six and six i had a game in my home league sean where i'm just on the crest of the playoffs and this one kind of crushed those hopes a win and i felt like i was in a loss and i'm doomed tom brady was the difference and it was a a one and a half point loss after the that those two game one and drives and the the final quarter so 14 points for the buccaneers what was some of the key takeaways here as chris godwin continues to to dominate the market share and somebody who was heavily involved towards the end who i mentioned a couple of weeks ago to to keep an eye out and it was kind of a, a throwaway comment at the end of a show but uh kid otten continues to to get worked in here with 10 targets six receptions for him on the, the touchdown call andy dalton on the other hand another strong game for him it really looked like the Saints were going to get back to the five wins and put this entire AFC South division up for grabs as we go down the stretch. He throws the fantastic touchdown pass to Taysom Hill. He makes an incredible throw on a late third and long that would have helped them lock down the game. Hill does a great job to get open. He has the ball caught. He then gets stripped by two defensive backs. Much more a great defensive play than anything Hill really realistically could have done to make that catch considering the defensive attention those players played well the defense played well 
we know that running backs very rarely determine a game, but the Saints have to get more from that position. Alvin Kamara looks done. And, you know, in terms of mature dynasty leagues where, you know, pushing for a title and Kamara might be somebody who could get hot at the end, you make some of these trade offers. I was really rebuked or you know, declined on all of those with the idea that Kamara could still be good going forward. That's a possibility, but when you look at how he's performed as of late, you look at where the Saints are with their overall roster building, you consider the what seems like a strong likelihood that he's suspended for a big chunk of the 2023 season. I think that dynasty managers may have missed their window to get rid of Kamara. This has been a season where older players have been fantastic, and yet that's not going to completely shift what we know about Aging, age cliffs, the fact that when that cliff gets there, it's not a gradual decline. These guys are just suddenly done. I don't know that Kamara is there yet, but we're starting to see all of those telltale Ezekiel Elliott signs where even though you don't necessarily have a devastating injury like the elements that took apart Todd Gurley, that limited David Johnson, that probably factored in to some of the elements with Le'Veon Bell, obviously he decides to take a year off. That's never helpful, as we also found. Even if it's not voluntary taking a year off like uh, Deshaun Watson has done, it can be difficult to come back. Kamara a little bit more like Elliot. Now, Elliot, a series of minor injuries, but the decline, even when he's healthy, has been obvious. You have this game here where Kamara can't even average two and a half yards per carry, is not effective in the receiving game, is frequently off the field to let Mark Ingram <laughs> get some run. That's not what you're looking for when Ingram has been washed up for five, six, seven years. Ingram, five targets in this one, only three for Kamara. So the Saints don't get done what they need to. Then we get the Tom Brady heroics at the end. And I think it's especially fun that Rashad White catches the game-winning touchdown. He struggled as a runner in this game. He committed a key fumble that looked like it was going to cost them the victory or at least slam the door shut and not give them a chance at the victory, but he comes back. He has eight targets in this game, catches six of them. So even when he's not effective as a runner, he does the damage late. This was an opportunity for him to really seize this backfield for 59 minutes and 30 seconds. He failed just because you catch a touchdown pass at the end does not now mean that you've completely relegated Leonard Fournette, who also gets seven targets. Again, these guys can combine for 15 targets in a game where Tom Brady throws 54 times and throws deep with absolutely no success. But it is a play that's going to stick in people's minds. And for fantasy managers, you get that touchdown at the end, and it swings a lot of contests from the lost column to the win column. Yeah, and unfortunately for this column, it was the lost column. Uh, but in terms, Sean, you mentioned another player there that was Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, the Cowboys here, it's a demolition job of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, 54-19. This game really got out of hand in the fourth quarter, though. 33 points for the Cowboys in the fourth quarter. So it is pretty close heading into that point. And probably one of Matt Ryan's better games, if, you know, but the, the floor is quite low on that. But overall this is kind of a continuation of the story of what we're seeing with tony pollard and ezekiel elliott elliott in this game though did look okay he has 17 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown on the ground pollard though has 12 for 91 and two 
we see cd lamb continuing to get used just the seven targets but five for 71 and a touchdown and based on how his first couple of weeks of the season went the rest of his season has been been pretty positive elliot has three targets for three receptions for 14 yards pollard has three for two receptions and 15 yards so both guys having solid fantasy days any keynotes from this game that you, you want to hit on uh potentially on those two running backs and how that committee continues to evolve we just have to love what tony pollard is able to do a couple weeks ago on stealing bananas i mentioned that i would prefer to have tony pollard to austin eckler that's a reality take not a fantasy take we know the workload that eckler normally gets now this is the second week in a row that eckler has been completely stymied as a runner that puts a lot of pressure on you to put up big numbers in the receiving game pollard's ability to do both things and he's not going to be that big receiving back in the same way especially when you have the positive game script that they have in this one the two backs combined just for the six targets but he's a game breaker as a runner and the big point here is that this is not new to this season one of the reasons that he was very expensive in fantasy despite Elliot being even more expensive and this was kind of the Packers situation but just at a couple round discount instead of two and four you're looking at four and six that little bit of a difference allows Elliot even as now sort of a, a failed starter a little bit more of a backup in a juggernaut like this where you can get him some garbage production it allows him to not be a massive bust at that fourth round pick but then Pollard with the injuries that Elliot has had again and the opportunity to play some games by himself. Obviously, he's been one of the biggest successes in fantasy football this year. I mean, 12 for 91 and two. And you know, say, well, you know, those are gonna be fluky games that don't happen that often. In the same way that Jonathan Taylor is not gonna have every season the long runs that he had in 2021, we know that Tony Pollard is not going to do this every game and every year. But the best athletes and the most electric players, that doesn't suddenly go away the next week. Regression doesn't mean that you're now a normal NFL player. And so we're going to continue to have huge games like this, especially now in an offense that's become more dynamic. Despite the blowout victory, Dak Prescott actually did not play particularly well. But CeeDee Lamb, another fantastic performance from him. He's starting to look like a real star. They still need somebody else to come on. Michael Gallup actually scores the two touchdowns, but only has the 23 yards. I mean, they need a second weapon in the passing game. That's one of the reasons they've had the flirtation with Odell Beckham. It sounds like perhaps that's not going to come to fruition because they, like everyone else, like, I mean, Beckham is still injured. So I mean, you can't sign him to some big deal and put him out there when you do have some of these other guys this game a little bit more about the complete and total collapse from Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. And also I think some questionable officiating than it is about the Cowboys, but especially when they get matched up with teams that can have this type of collapse, their elite defense, and then the people they have with Pollard and Lamb to exploit some of those things, you're going to have some of these results. I do think that the Cowboys going down the stretch, you think about the divisions that are the most interesting, you know, it's not any type of, unique or controversial take that to watch the AFC East and the NFC East and those in division battles for supremacy for seeding and what that means from a fantasy perspective as we get these 
elite matchups and unfortunately potentially in some bad weather and so we'll see what that does for the big games as we look at weeks 15 16 17 the fantasy playoffs the race for the million dollars and more specifically to most of us the home leagues can you beat your college buddies can you beat your work friends those are going to be the divisions in many cases that determine the titles yeah, it feels like Sean's trying to rub in. I mentioned my home league. Uh, won't be winning that this year, Sean, rubbing that in just here as we get closer to the end of today's show. But, Sean, we're going to go rapid fire through a couple of games here, and I'm going to go with the theme of the younger players emerging, and we might go then with what you think or who you want to touch on out of those guys. So we have the Steelers getting the win against the Atlanta Falcons, which, you know, two teams who have not really lived up to what we were hoping this year overall, but we get Drake London, one of his better games, gets 12 targets, gets 95 yards and six receptions he gets half of the targets that marcus mariota distributed he has 24 attempts in this game on the other side we get pat fairmouth three for 76 in terms of his yardage we get deontay johnson who still doesn't get in the end zone because five for 60 the disappointment here would be george pickens just the two targets one reception for two yards for him that is obviously a a game environment which didn't have huge hopes going in didn't really live up to any of them on the other side brian robinson then we move to the commanders against the giants they tie this one we get a situation where robinson almost tops 100 yards in terms of rushing positive day for him terry mclaurin 105 and one touchdown on eight receptions we do get Jahan dodson who is back healthy he gets nine targets five receptions 54 yards and a touchdown from him which i thought was very positive to see with him coming back the other player who came back who had missed some time after a quite a scary injury was Daniel Bellinger he gets five targets five receptions for just 24 yards but great to see him back out there and healthy again solid day overall for Saquon Barkley as well as he continues to put up a, a very positive season from his end then again Sean that the main talking point is obviously the Lamar Jackson injury that is a 10-9 victory against the Denver Broncos another game which you know was not full of fantasy goodness in this one but Greg Dulcich he gets eight targets, six receptions, 85 yards. So he has got a little bit more work over the last couple of weeks. And that's a positive, I guess, we can take from the, the Broncos season is the emergence of their young tight end. And then I was going to try and look for some positives in this game, Sean, but I, I couldn't find any. That was the, the Texans and the Browns, 27-14, in a game where Deshaun Watson did return, didn't look good. The team really struggled. Defensive and special teams touchdowns got them the victory here. Out of those young players that I touched on, any of them that are giving you the most excitement for the rest of the season longer term what's your thoughts on you can pick one or two of them very open-ended question yeah i think that dulcich is an exciting development there for the broncos he looks like someone who's going to be a huge win in fantasy and in dynasty beyond this year sort of regardless of what happens we expect the broncos even though they've locked themselves into some tough elements over the long term they're also going to have a lot of changes in the offseason but Dulcich looks like a long-term winner I think if you are looking at Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton the nice thing here is that if you've been having to roll Sutton out you can forget that for a couple of weeks and just kind of let it go that's nice to know you don't have to make that decision it does make it a little more complicated for Judy now he and Dulcich are going to be the target hogs in what's a broken offense obviously russell wilson only completes the 17 passes does that make them playable 
I think if you are looking to go with Judy, the fact that Sutton is not there probably helps because the target share and the target volume probably more important than what the defense is doing to him because you know the overall efficiency is just not going to be very good because Russell Wilson is the quarterback there. We jump back to that Steelers-Falcons game. Maybe a little bit more entertaining than the score and the number of passing attempts would indicate Kenny Pickett looked very, very good. He needs some help from Deontay Johnson. They've been trying to pepper Johnson with targets in these last couple of games. He continues to drop passes. That was a real issue for him two years ago during his breakout. It doesn't work nearly as well in this offense than it did then, where almost everything is a pass from Ben Roethlisberger without the overwhelming volume. I mean, Johnson has to catch passes. The same thing is true on London's side. You mentioned the 50% target share. Six for 95 is encouraging. He's going to be on the bench in the vast majority of cases, but in best ball leagues, you're excited if you picked him up. He also has a drops issue, does not play physically at all. Should have had at least two more receptions and a bunch more yards in this game. I mean, this could have been eight for 120 very easily. And then I think that you're excited because he actually didn't play well, and because you know the pass volume is going to be low in every week, he's still a red flag guy. So you want to see that as a step forward. It's obviously better than what they did with him last week, but he's got to go out and make some of the plays that we're seeing from other young wide receivers in its own way, even though he goes six for 95 and Pickens goes one for just two yards, I'd still be a lot more concerned about London, in part because I just have very, very high expectations for what London eventually does. He doesn't seem to be there yet. You want him to use that big body and the athleticism to work to his advantage as opposed to looking like a rookie. But that's one of the things that happens when you don't use a guy all year. Then he doesn't have the same level of reps trying to make plays in these big games. This is a situation where if they had deigned to throw the ball to London earlier in the season, maybe they win this game and get to six and seven. If they had one and were six and seven, the Atlanta Falcons would be in great shape. So it, it seems like every week we have the same conversation where Mariota is good, not great, but the play calling puts him in a position where he has to make the perfect play down the stretch. That's not what you want to do to your players. You're not actually helping them with this run heavy approach. The Falcons as well. A lot of changes I would expect in the offseason. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But a really fun week 13. Another fun show to record with Sean. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening into it. Week 14 sees a lot of teams on the bye. I mentioned the Packers being on the bye. We'll see how teams look. I, I was talking to Sean about a team that I was very excited about in the FFPC Superflex tournament. And we'll be talking about some of those teams later this week. And then I realized while recording that show that it is a Lamar Jackson Aaron Rodgers team and uh, it may not make it to the, the final dance if they aren't available this week which will be the case so that there took a little bit of the wind out of that team's sales but again mentioned at the start of the show if you're interested in signing up for a one month pass we do now have a 25 percent discount for rotoviz radio listeners you can get a one month pass save yourself 25 percent with the code rv radio 2022 that gets you access to all of the content and tools up on the website all of sean's content all of blair's content and all of the rest of the teams lots of fantastic work going up every single day on the website so check that out once again the code is rv radio 2022 my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter 
at Overtime Ireland. Of course, check out all Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. Until we are back with our third show of the week later in the week, and maybe even in between that, you might be able to catch a Stealing Bananas or so. But until we are back with OT later in the week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com